Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 152, and we are recording on Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Kendra Winchester, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Kendra! How are you doing today? Hello, Katie. I'm doing okay. I'm recovering from a cold, so thank you all for appreciating my lovely gravelly voice. Um, I have my tea ready, but yeah, I'm going to sound like a little croaky today. (laughs) That is all right. No judgment from me. Colds suck. And I'll just (laughs) generally, illnesses stink, and they are a very major design flaw, and I would like to take it up with someone's manager. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I don't know what angel is the project manager of heaven, but maybe we could submit like a request. Yeah, I have one of my, one of my coworkers <laughs> has, has a son who just turned one a couple of months ago, and she has been out sick like eight times in the last six months. And every time she comes back, she is like, one out of 10, do not recommend. I want to know whose bright idea this was. <laughs> not to have a kid, but illnesses in general. She's like, I want to talk to the person who invented illness because I have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, the whole, we went on a family vacation, the whole family, for the most part, got it. So um, I just hold on to it longer. My spouse was like, why, why is it everyone gets sick, but they're fine, but you are not. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, um, So we went to urgent care. And so uh, I feel like uh, once he realized I, I don't know, wasn't enjoying the whole experience, it was like, oh, right, right. You, should, you know, you can't really choose these things. So <laughs> that was entertaining. But no, I'm, I've been like sitting playing Curse of the Lamb on Switch um, murdering my cult followers for power, and it's been enjoyable. <laughs> That's been enjoyable on that end. You would love the game, Katie. It's way up your alley. Very violent and demented. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to consider maybe a, bra- a rebranding here. <laughs> <laughs> then again. <laughs> Like, I had a coworker who sent me a TikTok video. She's like, I feel like this is right up your alley. And it's a video of an armadillo bouncing around in a ball collecting foliage. And I'm like, why is this my brand? And she's like, cute animals doing funny things. I'm like, oh, I was thinking, like, hopping rodent-like animal collecting leaves. I thought that was what you <laughs> what triggered you going, you know what? Katie might like this. Well, now whenever I see a very, like, gory described touring novel i'm like oh it's a katie book yeah no i a lot of people have caught have picked that up very quickly i only tell them once and then after that they're like katie you would love this now that being said over the weekend blaine and i uh we went out to dinner and then we came back and he wanted to watch it and he said can we watch a movie i said sure well he picked 
the Evil Dead remake from 2013, <laughs> which I had on my do not watch list because the trailer <laughs> freaked me out. And I did like gore and ho- gore in a movie. I, I is mm, I don't always do well with it. And so in extreme cases, I usually avoid it. And so I was like, why? Why are we watching this? He was like, why, why? he's like, I really liked it when it came out. And I want to see the new one. And I'm like, oh, so we watched it. And I spent a good chunk of it hollering into the pillow. <laughs> just holding the pillow up, just going, oh, my God. So yeah. <laughs> so I guess I guess in, uh, my point in sharing that is there sometimes it can just be a little too much even for me. <laughs> so even I have my limits. Well, how are you doing? You uh, doing all right? Yeah, no, I'm doing fine. I'm trying to uh, get ready for or get as much work done uh, ahead of time as I can because next week I leave on vacation to go with my family and hopefully none of us get sick. Usually if I get sick on a vacation, it's usually like after the fact. So yeah, I'm hoping everyone in my family can stay healthy. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, for you. thank you. Um, yeah, I came back from our last vacation with a cold that half of Blaine's family got, um, and so after we all get back, we are we're all sharing notes. We're like, "Ugh, do you guys have a cold?" Yes, <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel like with our social distancing, all everyone's immune systems are still readjusting for sure. So we're all like getting whatever. I will say, my sister-in-law did not get the cold. And uh, th- I'm glad for her because she had to fly back to Ireland. Ooh. So, yeah. So uh, happy for her, but also like I want to know what she. Yeah, did. they're the one person who doesn't get it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I'm I'm glad she because that would be miserable to be on that long of a flight, especially. Ugh. So, but it was a very it was a, otherwise it was good. Uh, the corgis went to the beach and all of that type of stuff. So. Uh, lots of cute corgi photos. So if you subscribe to the two-story newsletter, you will see photos of the corgis <laughs> on the beach. Yes, I very much enjoy seeing all of your corgi photos. And yeah, I, I, lo- I love reading your little descriptions of them. Good, and especially them trying <laughs> t- testing out the ocean, seeing what they think about this whole ocean thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, Gwen got bowled over by a wave and she was like, I... Not here for it now. And Dylan loves, you know, the water. So he's just frolicking and frapping about. And she's just like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) So I call her my mountain. We're the mountain girls with the beach boys. Oh, that's great. I love it. (laughs) A very aquatic little corgi. Well, what have you been reading uh, before we get too distracted (laughs) by corgis on the beach? (laughs) Well, yeah, the last couple of weeks, just in, well, I feel like I say this every time, but the last couple of weeks have been, like, really, like, struggling in terms of just, like, basic adulting. Um, So reading was not super high on my list. I had a couple of, like, comedy audiobooks, short ones that I was listening to on my commute to and from work, which was helpful. But today I just started listening to a full-length fiction audiobook. I started listening to Devolution by Max Brooks. And this one had been on my to-read list ever since it was published. I read World War Z, you know, probably about a decade ago, and I loved it so much. And Devolution is Max Brooks's, his fictional take, and it's written in kind of a similar style to uh, World War Z with like, it's the story is told through like interviews and like news articles and 
like audio recordings. It's a very kind of patchwork type of narration style, which I really, really love. But it's about a small town in Washington that was allegedly just absolutely destroyed by Bigfoot. And <laughs> that that is just 100% up my alley. I as soon as he said it was about Bigfoot, I'm like, yes, I am so here for this book. And um, I'm only just a few minutes into it. Like, They've introduced the concept of Bigfoot in the introduction to the book, but it's it's taking its time getting started. Um, and yeah, I'm like, maybe a half hour into it. Like I literally just started it on my way home from work today. But it feels good to listen to an audiobook. I am going on vacation to Colorado Springs, where if you drive up Pikes Peak, I'm hoping it's still there. There is a caution Bigfoot crossing sign about maybe not halfway up the mountain, maybe like a third of the way up the mountain. And it's like one of my absolute favorite things. We always stop and take a picture with it every time we drive up Pikes Peak. So I thought this was appropriate. Uh, this was appropriate listening. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's the devolution by Max Brooks. Um, and the audiobook is read by a full cast. And Judy Greer does part of the narration, which threw me off just a little bit because I love Judy Greer, but she has such a distinct voice. And I know her from so many or from so many distinct character roles that I I wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm listening to a story. I'm like, wow, that's Judy Greer. Um, so that I'm going to have to get kind of get adjusted to that. But yeah, overall, glad, glad to have an audiobook going. You know, an audiobook just really helps whatever you're doing. Yeah, it really does. And I... I wish that I was doing more things that allowed me to multitask like that. Because part of the struggle is also like, I have these things that I need to do, but I'm like, I have so many other things that I would rather be doing. And so if I can combine the two, it's a win-win. Story of our lives. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, I, I have not been reading anything that I will... That is mystery or thriller. Wow, that was way too hard to say. I one of them I will be talking about today, but um, the other ones are either for nonfiction or I'm just finishing up a fantasy novel, that kind of thing. But yeah, just been puttering about really. Aside from you know sacrificing my followers to the gods <laughs> on the cult of the lamb, so you know they really should sponsor us. I think cult of the lamb would be great. <laughs> Just a just as a side note, if they're listening. Well, I guess should I then talk about the special announcement from Book Riot next? Yes. Awesome. All right. So I am very excited because I've been listening to the Book Riot podcast since I think 2015. Love it. It's one of the was really got me into listening to a lot of podcasts besides public radio. And so now the co-founder of Book Riot, Jeff O'Neill, and one of the co-hosts of the Book Riot main flagship podcast, whatever. Um, He has created a brand new podcast called First Edition, and it includes segments, which is really cool. I think a lot of book podcasts are like one kind of thing. Uh, They talk about books or they'll do interviews or whatever, but he's actually including a wide variety of segments in one episode. So they're longer episodes. He'll do interviews, lists, rankings, retrospectives, recommendations. They talk about book adaptions. I recently listened to an episode where Kelly and Vanessa, editors of Book Riot, talk with Jeff about Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, and how it's still relevant to young people today. I love Rebecca and Jeff, the original dynamic duo, 
and they talk about in a segment about the It Book of April, and they had very strong opinions, and I also did, listening. And it's one of those where you can disagree, and that is the whole point. You feel like you're having this conversation with both of them, and that is really cool. And then you also talk to experts in the the field of books in various ways. Um, you can hear from Professor Erica Williams about Nella Larson in honor of the new complete fiction of Nella Larson collection. He also interviews a, a book editor and like his process. And I think it's really interesting because we often in the bookish world, we don't actually get a lot of industry side news. I, I do both. So I'm aware like I get that, but like I feel like generally for readers, for general book lovers, um, we sometimes I feel like we're talked down to a little bit on that side of things. So I really appreciate Jeff and him just have running the gambit of all sorts of different kinds of segments. So I would definitely recommend checking out that podcast. And it comes with a Substack. So you can head over to Substack and subscribe to First Edition. And I believe there are social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram as well. So would highly recommend. Um, I'm really enjoying the content I'm seeing so far. And yeah, it'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds really, really awesome. And yeah, I, even though I, honestly, my Red or Dead recording is about the extent of what I do with podcasts recently. I really appreciate podcasts that that do provide a variety of segments or, you know, present content in a variety of ways. Because I agree that like a lot of bookish podcasts nowadays just feel ve either very one-sided or it's just like, oh, it's an interview, an interview, an interview. And it's like, okay, come on, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's keep it interesting. So yes, we will definitely have a link to that in the show notes. And let's go ahead and take a quick pause for our first sponsor. Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing. All right. So if you are new to the show, welcome. We don't usually talk about illnesses that much in the first five <laughs> minutes or so. We're not usually that sick. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so delighted to have you with us every two weeks. It makes us very, very happy. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we talk about mysteries and suspense and just about anything that falls under that ginormous umbrella. So yeah, we might be talking about movie adaptations, award news, author read-alikes, subgenres that we haven't explored a ton or subgenres that have become really popular, anything along those lines. If it's mysterious and suspenseful, it is probably fair game for us to talk about. So this is the part of the episode where we always put out a call to our listeners because they really do help us plan for so many episodes that we've recorded over the last almost six years now. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. And yeah, we've just gotten some really fabulous ideas from listeners in the past, and we really do use the 
suggestions. So if you have any ideas, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. We just put the call out ahead of time at the beginning of the episode to get those creative juices flowing while you listen. And even if you don't have an idea for us and you just want to say hi, there is nothing that we enjoy more than hearing from people that they enjoy listening to us. So please feel free to send us such a note if you feel so inclined. And if you enjoy listening to Red or Dead, definitely hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review so that other people can find us. And with that, the big news that, of course, we must talk about, big news that happens around this time of year every year, is the Edgar Awards. The Edgar Awards were announced, I believe, last week. Yes, last week. And that is always really exciting. We did, um, a few episodes ago, we did our Edgar preview episode where we each talked about um, a couple of the books that we had read or were looking forward to reading for the different categories. And I always think that there's there's just such a great lineup of authors, and I just think it gets better and better every year. And um, I was excited this year because I looked at the nominees and I was like, wow, I've actually read more of the authors on here than I realized. You know, this is great. And none of the books that I read ended up winning uh, one of the Edgars, which is, which is sad and also a sign that I need to do more reading. But the for the ones that did win, um, I have heard excellent things about them and a couple of them are on my TBR already. And yeah, so Kendra, were you, did you have any favorites that won or were you like me and like all of all of your books that you were familiar with ended up not winning? Yeah, I did not know many of the books that won. The ones that I had read from the various shortlists did not win. So I agree with you. I feel like that means that there are even more books on my TBR now, the never ending TBR wall that is in my living room <laughs> grows, but grows by the day. It really does. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's why, you know, I always, I love, honestly, I love award shortlists almost more than I love the winners because it gives you more options. <laughs> and more, it does. More ways to expand your TBR. But uh, yeah, a couple of the highlights for Best Novel was Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukovka. And although I have not yet read this one, um, I know this was really popular amongst uh, multiple book rioters. And it's supposed to be just absolutely phenomenal. I do have a copy on my shelf. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but that one is particularly noteworthy because it's a fictional title, but it looks at, it, it has a very true crime element to it in that it's looking at um, the crimes that the, that this, the main character committed and he is about to be executed for his crimes, but the story is told, like the story of his crimes is told through the impact that his crimes had on other people and other and women in his life, which is an element of true crime that that of actual true crime that really gets overshadowed a lot. Like, yes, yeah. so these crimes happen, but what about the people that are left behind, the people that are impacted? Um, whether it's family members or uh, people who survived an attack 
or people who uh, whose family members were murdered. It just it it's supposed to bring just a really you know just you know, a different perspective. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be different or it shouldn't seem unusual. But I know that when it came out, people were really uh, that was that was just one of the big things that they were talking about. So I know best novel they they there was a very stacked category. Um, so I think that just. I think that just speaks extremely highly to the fact that this that this was the book that was chosen and a sign that I need to bump it up farther on my list. <laughs> but a couple of other highlights from the list. Best fact crime was Tell Me Everything, the story of a private investigation by Erica Krauss. Hideout by Louisa Luna uh, won the Sue Grafton Memorial Award. And although I have not read Hideout yet, I did read the first book um, in Louisa Luna's series, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I was glad to see that uh, that she, that she won an award. Her because yeah, her first book was just really, really fantastic. And of course, you know, categories for best critical and biographical, best first novel by an American author. Uh, that one was Don't Know Tough by Eli Craner. And yeah, just I think a really, a really, really solid lineup this year of nominees and a solid lineup of winners. And if any of you have read <laughs> any of the books that have won uh, for any of the categories and have thoughts about them um, or particular recommendations, definitely, definitely let us know. Because, of course, with a long TBR, we need help prioritizing. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, I know I should read these books, but and what order is also a big question. So, and of course, we'll have a link in the show notes too, so you can see all of the winners um, for this year's Edgar Awards. And now we can start gearing up for next year's. Yay! <laughs> Look forward to it. Yep. All right. So, with that, let's go ahead and jump into our main segment, which, since Kendra, since you just came back from vacation, I'm about to go on vacation. We decided that we were going to talk about road trip books, and we specifically did not define what that was as we picked our our books for this segment. So let me pass it off to you. And what? how do you define a road trip book? Well, so for this theme, we're talking about books that we like to read on road trips, not books that are having a road trip in them specifically. Although that would work too, if that's your jam. That would work too. Yes. Yes. So for me, um, my spouse and I drive to various places that we don't really have family in town. So we often pick a road trip book. So I think of them in two different categories. For me, it's ones that I will listen with my spouse as we are on the road. So that has to be a specific type of book, usually very action packed and like action forward. And then I have books that I listen to while I'm on a road trip book. And usually like, even if we're with a group, I need like an hour of at least minimum, an hour of alone time. <laughs> to like recoup from so many people. And it's not like I obviously love these people, but I'm an introvert and we all need book time, right? So I just sit with my Switch and like an audiobook, and that is separate. So I picked one of each today to talk about. But yeah, those are my two my two big categories. Do you have categories for your road trip books? Yeah, it's very similar to what you talked about. Now, my husband and I, when we... 
let me I'm thinking back on all of our vacations. Most of the times we fly places, but we did go on our big road trip last year through the Carolinas, and that we drove to a bunch of different places. We did not listen to a shared audiobook together primarily, well, two reasons. One, my husband sleeps in the car a lot. And it's not like he'll announce, hey, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to try to doze off. He just kind of falls asleep. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be listening to an audiobook, have him doze off in the middle of it, and then we have to back it up because he can't remember where he fell asleep. So there's that. And we also, um, he does read mysteries and thrillers, but we don't always have the same tastes So I did pick um, my one title is specifically one that I would be good if you are driving with someone. And this actually would would be one that both uh, my husband and I have listened to separately. So we could listen to it together. But I think it makes a makes a good choice for group listening if you are on the road with more with another person or more than one people and more than one person. Wow. And my second one, I think, is I because I also, when I think about like road trip reading or like vacation books, I'm thinking something that is going to grab your attention and just really hold it and keep you enthralled because you want entertainment, you want escapism, you want to be sucked in. And so, yeah, my other pick is one that I think falls into that category, whether you listen to it by yourself or with someone else. And it's also, although not explicitly road trip themed, it is definitely about a about road trip, so to speak, gone bad. Um, but I will <laughs> jump into more details uh, later. Why don't you go ahead and give us your first pick? All right. So my first pick is Scorch Grace by Margot Dohi. And this is a, this is a mystery novel, like a hard boiled, like a mystery novel about a chain smoking, tattooed gay nun, which amazing, um, named Sister Holiday. And so she's out in the alley, like taking a smoke break from these cigarettes she's like confiscated from one of her students and the school, the Catholic school where she teaches is on fire. And so she goes in and she's able to rescue this kid. And then they go in and and she has no idea who lit the school on fire. And that really kind of sets like the little dominoes in a row of her trying to figure out who is this arsonist and what they're doing. But we also obviously learn, like, what on earth Sister Holiday is doing teaching music to students that she doesn't necessarily even like. Like, what is what is going on? So we follow, like, on her past and, like, all sorts of things. But it, it was really interesting. Um, I think it's Mara Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she reads the audiobook, and oh my goodness, I will listen to anything this woman narrates. Like, you want a nice, smoky, low kind of voice for Sister Holiday, and the novel is set in New Orleans, so it's a very slow, syrupy kind of pace of, a, of an atmosphere that you really want to be able to capture, and I think Mara Wilson does a great job. Um, Sister Holiday is from New York, and so... It, She's not Southern herself, but she kind of just accepts this new, slow, enveloping, humid atmosphere. I really love the whole listening experience. I would definitely recommend. And, and Katie, you recommended this book um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, when we did our noir episode. And I'm like, yeah, if you this this 
this book is just dripping with noir and like the really like colorful evocative sentences and it's just yeah very very much in in that tradition and yeah you nailed it when you when you talked about Mara Wilson's narration like she really kills it with this one and of course I only like I am not as familiar with the work that she's done as an adult. I'm more familiar with her as Matilda from the movie in the mid-90s. Um, so <laughs> I was not expecting her to have a voice like that. And I was just like, whoa. I know she's done podcast work with the Welcome to Night Vale. And I know she's done other audiobooks and stuff. But yeah, she really kills it with this one. Yeah. And this is, is this the first book in the Gillian Flynn mm-hmm. books? imprint yes it is well that is really cool it's a nice nice way to start an imprint uh so i I, you know it says online that it's supposed to be like the first in the series i don't know how where that information is coming from but i hope it's true so uh that is court grace by uh, margot dohi and uh what's your first pick katie uh, well, before we jump into that, let me take another qu- uh, quick pause for our second sponsor. All right. So mine, like, this was actually the first book that jumped to my mind because I did listen to this on a little mini road trip about, oh, maybe not quite 10 years ago. But when I first started uh, library science grad school, I was doing online classes, but once a semester, um, and then they quit doing this. um, So I didn't have to keep doing this every semester. But early on, in the uh, semester, there was like one weekend where, or no, God, was it one day? Yeah, I guess it was one day that where you would, the online students would drive to campus and you would meet in person for your classes and you'd have like a day or two of work with with your with your classmates in person sometimes there would be like a presentation that you were doing but it was the idea to bring all the online students together for like one day or one weekend and then everyone goes home so this was at the University of Illinois which is about three and a half hours from where I live um and so I just kind of turned it into a weekend I drive down like on a Friday and then you know, we'd, it would be like classes on a Saturday and then I'd come back like Saturday afternoon or something. So I, this, this first book, um, I listened to on one of my commutes down to the University of Illinois and it was a fantastic way to spend the time. But my first pick is The Martian by Andy Weir. And yes, I know this is a science fiction book. And I know that The Martian was like one of the big books that everyone was talking about like a decade ago. But I would like to just renew everyone's interest in this book. I know Andy Weir has written a couple of other books since then, but The Martian hit it big, and for good reason, because this is one of the most flat-out, thrilling, entertaining books I have ever read in my life. And yes, it is 100% a science fiction novel, but there are so many elements of just a good, like, just a good thriller, like man versus nature type of thriller that I think this 100% counts for a mystery thriller podcast. But if you have not read The Martian or seen the movie with Matt Damon, Mark Watney is an astronaut and he becomes one of the first people to walk on Mars. And he is has only been there, been on Mars for a couple of days when a dust storm kicks up and nearly kills him and his crew and it forces his crew to evacuate and head back to Earth. They think he's dead. He's not. 
And so he basically, he's been kind of knocked unconscious on Mars, and he realizes that his crew has left him. And so he has to come up with a way to survive on Mars while waiting for his crew to hopefully uh, get a message that he's trying to send through and come back to get him. And this book is very heavy on the science element of science fiction. And Andy Weir did his research when he was writing this book. He talked to NASA scientists, and he he talked to so many people to make sure that he got these details really right. And that that's what I think one of the reasons that makes it so thrilling, because it is so believable. And everything that Mark Watney does to try and save or keep himself alive on Mars is rooted in real science, not made up science for science fiction, where you're like, eh, that might be plausible, or wow, they really cut some corners with that one. Like, this is really, really plausible. So it is heavy on the science element, and there are definitely passages. I've read the book and I've listened to the audiobook, and it's easier to skim over some of the more technical parts in the book. So I will give that heads up if you listen to it on audio. But I picked this book as an option to read or to to read or listen to if you have multiple people in the car because aside from a healthy uh, a healthy dose of f bombs dropped in the book, Mark Watney does does love a good swear word. It is you know it is ultimately entirely centered around the the effort to bring him home. Like there's no there there's no violence. There's no you know con, you know potential sexual content that other people might not be okay with. Um. So unless so unless you have someone in the car that really does not like listening to foul language done in a very humorous way, which fine you know not ev- not every book is for everyone, but. It makes for a pretty good across-the-board recommendation. It's hysterical. Like, reading the book and listening to the audiobook was just an absolute treat. It's really funny. And it really is thrilling. Like, when I first read the book, I could not put it down for, like, the last 150 pages. Just tore through to the very end. And when it finished, I just wanted to run around and just smack people upside the head until they read this book, which is, and after that, that is how I have determined the mark of a good book. Did it make me feel like I did at the end of The Martian? Like, that's now my litmus test. Um, And I don't usually read science fiction. And so to me, and it was recommended to me by someone else who does not usually read science fiction or stuff with a science fiction bend to it. So that to me makes it even more compelling. <laughs> but yeah, it it just it's the the yeah, the man versus nature and how Mark has to survive the elements has to understand like the kind of ecosystem of Mars and understand how his equipment works and how to fix it and he has to MacGyver a bunch of stuff and it's just it is such a captivating, entertaining read, and it's one that I will happily hand, hand out to literally every person that comes my way until the end of time. So, Kendra, did you get did you read The Martian when it was when it was a big thing that everyone was talking about? I did. It was actually one of my spouse and I's like road trip books that we listened to together. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really great audiobook. Yes. I feel like 
with the, like, the book had a very distinct tone to it and a very distinct sense of humor. And I think the audiobook really did a good job of capturing that. And one of my friend's husbands who um, doesn't read, or he, he likes graphic novels, he likes manga, he doesn't read a ton of fiction, but I introduced him to The Martian after reading this and he listened to the audiobook and my friend is like, he'll listen to it like once a year. Like he just, that's his book that he listens to. Some people read, reread Lord of the Rings every year. He rereads The Martian. That's really funny. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, it's so entertaining. And it's one of those books that like, you know, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were familiar with when it came out and it was super huge. And then, you know, it's kind of died away. And so I'm like, you know what? This is a really good time to remind people of everyone how good The Martian is. So (laughs) if you haven't read it yet. Please read it before I come find you and smack you upside the head. (laughs) And that's The Martian by Andy Weir. All right. So my second pick is another road trip book. And that is Mapping the Interior by Stephen Graham Jones. And this is a novella. And Sam and I listened to this on a shorter road trip. And I, I think we all, you know... We, we talk a lot during our road trips. We're always like trying to solve the mysteries of the universe, but sometimes you just want to listen to an audiobook, but you don't want a huge commitment. And so that's why I think a novella can be great because you have something to listen to that's narrative focused, that's maybe more plot driven, but like it's not going to be like listening to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So we all need those. So we picked uh, Stephen Graham Jones because we both love Mongrels and I've read several other books of his and I just love Stephen Graham Jones's uh, imagination, for sure. And Mapping the Interior is a novella about this 15-year-old boy whose family has left the reservation. His dad died before they left, and one day he's walking down the hallway of his house, and he sees um, what he thinks could be the ghost of his dad. And that really starts this whole series of events of him trying to figure out what this mysterious spirit is and what it's doing in his house. He also has a younger brother who he's trying to like take care of. Um, like, like, you know, he's an old, he just feels like he's the man of the house now. So there's a lot of that going on. There's this, I think he's a sheriff or a police officer. I can't remember like showing up at the house and not being the greatest soul in the world, unsurprisingly. And it was just a very, even though there's a lot of action, even though there's a scene under a house, uh, like porch situation crawl space that I will never be able to un- <laughs> unsee in my mind, I felt like there was also a lot of character depth and a lot of like uh, character introspection. Like you were like thinking about these characters and what they were doing a lot. So yeah, have you have you read this novella, Katie? I haven't. Um, I've only read. Um, I think the only thing of Stephen Graham Jones that I've read is the only Good Indians. Um, I have I have a couple of his other books on my TBR, but that's that's the only one I know for sure that I've read. But as you know, as it's hard to escape uh, or to <laughs> escape, uh, just to kind of be in the mystery thriller or horror community and not have heard rave reviews about Stephen Graham Jones. Like I've heard really fantastic things about. Yeah. And I I think Stephen Graham Jones, you know, he's written like a gazillion books, um, but he really made a name for himself with Mongrels back in, I think it was 2016. This came out like a year later in 2017. And it was just, I don't know, I feel like you began to see like his range, which is really cool. 
And so I haven't gone back and listened to other books before Mongrels, but I've listened to a lot since. So I've really enjoyed those and definitely would recommend if you were going on a trip and you want something a little smaller. I think it's 130-ish pages, somewhere around there. But yeah, I would definitely recommend Mapping the Interior by Stephen Graham Jones. All right. Well, to continue with the uh, uh, to get yeah, to continue with the the kind of horror theme, when I mentioned that I had a book about a road trip gone very horribly wrong, I was referring to the book The Hunger by Alma Katsu, which is a <laughs> historical horror novel about the uh, Donner Party. <laughs> And what and where it takes the very true events of the Donner Party, which was, if you are not familiar with this, this element of American history was a very ill fated wagon train that uh, was heading towards, uh, I think, Oregon or somewhere on the West Coast. And they got caught in the Sierra Mountain Range in the winter, got snowed in, and had to resort to cannibalism in order to try and survive the winter. And they did not. So Alma Katsu takes that story, which in and of itself is horrifying, and says, what if there was something supernatural stalking the Donner Party train? And when that book was pitched to me, I was like, gimme right now. This is so (laughs) up my alley. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go too far into the plot. I mean, that's kind of all you really need to know. Like, if that's ringing your bells, then this is the book for you. But to kind of complicate things, there is a uh, young woman with the with the party, Tamsin Donner, and there are a number of people traveling with them that believe that she is a witch. And because that's the only way that they can explain all of the misfortunes that have plagued the wagon train since they left. I mean, we're talking fighting amongst people, depleted rations, the mysterious death of a little boy that no one can explain. And so there, there are these things that keep happening. They believe Tamsin is to blame, but there is also this feeling that there is someone or something following them. They can't, they're not sure what, they haven't really seen anything, but there's just this creeping sense of unease that they're being followed. And it, oh, she just nailed the creepy, foreboding sense that just comes from from that storyline. And this was the type of book that it, I, whatever I was looking for when I picked that book up, this this book knew, and it just satisfied that desire for a good, creepy feeling. And so this is, this I would probably categorize is definitely something you could listen to as a, if you are traveling with with other people. I have talked to a number of readers who do not normally consider themselves to be quote unquote hardcore suspense or horror fans like me, but they read this book and went, whoa, this was really good. So it does have appeal in that sense. Um, but if you know that there are some people that you're traveling with that are just like, nope, maybe keep this one for yourself. But if you are looking for something super, super, super engrossing, this will definitely fit the bill. And if you are looking, if you're feeling frustrated because you're traveling with other people, this is a reminder that it could be going a whole lot worse. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yes. Yes. I. I've I haven't read this book, but it's been on my radar because 
my family took a little road trip and we stopped at the Donner Party Museum as a family and <laughs> went and just took a little tour. And if you were over there in California, I would recommend doing that. It is uh, a very interesting museum and it talks about like all the different factors in there. And so when I was there, I heard about that book, Hunger, but there's also like a nonfiction, like a narrative nonfiction book called The Indifferent Stars Above. So I have a dream where someone reads both of them and talks about both of them. Maybe I need to be that person. You might have to. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a fascinating story. Again, if you're not part, familiar with that part of American history, these people thought that they could take a shortcut and it didn't work well. No, no, it did not. It ended about as badly as any vacation could, or not a vacation, any any trip could possibly end. It was about as bad as it was ever going to get. Yeah. Some people did survive in the end in the historical version, so I'm not sure what happens in the book. But yeah, and it's been it's been a few years since I've read it. Um, so I would have to I would have to reread it. I think I remember how it ends, and obviously I'm not going to give any spoilers. But yeah, it oh so good, so atmospheric, and yeah, I just I love this book so much. So again, that is uh, the Hunger by Alma Katsu. All right, those are our four picks, and I guess it's time for new books. It, I mean, it's at the beginning of the month, so lots of. Lots of stuff going on. Yes, and the beginning of May is also the beginning of our new fiscal year at the library, which means the beginning of oh. me ordering a bunch of books to get caught up on all the stuff I wasn't able to order in the last month. Oh, I have apologized to our cataloger. I've sent her like an, a few different orders <laughs> of like three or four hundred books at this point. Where I'm just like, sorry, I've got to get my ordering done through July. I like to be a couple of months ahead of ahead of the the monthly ordering. So May is a grand month for me. Just diving in with with uh, new releases, <laughs> but yeah. So I was gonna say my my pick for this one is actually uh, part of a series that you have heard us talk about on Red or Dead before. Part of the IQ series by Joey Day. So this is the sixth book in the series um, that is out on May 9th, and that is called Fix It. If you are not familiar with the IQ series, it's basically a modern take on Sherlock Holmes if Sherlock Holmes was a scrappy guy named IQ from the LA Projects. Oh. It's a really, really smart, well-plotted series. Um, so in this one, uh, we have Isaiah Kintabe, who is IQ. His first love, uh, her, her name is Grace, and she has been kidnapped by the professional hitman named Skip Hansen, who is also IQ's sworn enemy. He is absolutely deranged. He's determined to punish Isaiah for sending him to prison and destroying his life. And Isaiah and his sometimes partner, Juanel Dodson, um, they have to track down Grace and try to rescue her as her predicament grows more and more uh, uncertain and complicated. Um, and then uh, while they are trying to locate Grace in time to save her, um, there is another complication that arises in the form of a homicide detective named Winnie Hando, who has something to prove, as homicide detectives often do. So Winnie sees IQ's efforts as an obstruction to the official investigation and, an and a possible embarrassment, because an unlicensed private investigator cannot be seen doing the police department's job better than the actual department. So Winnie is trying to stop Isaiah at all costs 
while pursuing the case herself. And so each one is trying to hinder the other person's progress. And as it continues, Isaiah fears that even if they can bring Grace home alive, which is becoming more and more uncertain, things between them are going to be irreparably damaged. So yeah, this book sounds fantastic. And it also is a, you know, a kick in the pants to me that I need to A, reread the first book in the series, and B, continue reading in the series. Because I only got, um, I only got through the first book before moving on to other reading endeavors, but I really did enjoy it. And it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really, really smart, uh, modern uh, mystery series. Just really good if you like private investigator novels, if you like kind of books with, uh, you know, with a strong nod to Sherlock Holmes. And yeah, just a really, really interesting series. So um, if you have been keeping up with IQ and have been waiting for the next installment, it is here, or it will be here on May 9th. Um, and again, that is Fix It by Joe E. Day. And my new book is Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angela Bully. Almost read the protagonist's name as the author's name. No, it's fine. Uh, so I uh, I read Firekeeper's Daughter when it came out uh, a few years ago and really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that Angeline Bully is, is such a fascinating writer because she includes so many different moving parts to her YA mysteries. And so this next one is about a relative, the protagonist of the first book. So it's more like a companion book as opposed to a direct sequel, if that makes sense. And so we have uh, Perry Firekeeper Birch, and she is uh, a twin. Um, and she is, uh, I, I believe this book is looking at um, murdered and missing indigenous women and two spirit people. Uh, and so that is what the mystery revolves around. Perry and her family live up in the Northern Midwest, um, on a great lake. I cannot remember what we would call the area now, but it's really interesting to see how Angel Bully weaves in her culture with these mysteries in a way that if you are not part of this culture, you can understand and follow along. But if you are Anishinaabe, you can deeply connect with all these Easter eggs and all these parts of your culture that you can finally see on the page, which, you know, there haven't been a lot of them in the published by like big five publishers. So really love what she's doing. Love a YA mystery. And I'm just so excited for this book. So I pre-ordered it for my birthday and it arrived today. I was very excited. So would recommend. And if you haven't read Firekeeper's Daughter, you can definitely go back and read that. Um, but not necessary to enjoy this one. So yes, that is Warrior Girl Unearthed. And that's, I th that's it. I think, I think we've made it to the end. I think we did. And your voice is still hanging in there. Way to go. I know, I know. I was like guzzling tea, so apologize for all of the teacup noises, but we made it. So I think it's worth it. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our show. Thank you all for listening. And of course, as always, thanks so much to our sound editor, Jen Zink, for making us sound great. 
For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. And for more recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or to search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you'd like to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at red or dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can reach us at Kendra, me, on Twitter and Instagram at kdwinchester. You can reach Katie on Twitter at kt underscore library lady. And of course, those will be linked in the show notes because they always sound quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.